Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about a 28-year-old grown man trying to figure out what being in love is. Is it feeling nice when a woman says she loves me? Is it feeling nice when a different woman says she loves me? Is it being in Iceland and wearing a, a very cozy, thick turtleneck? Is it being in Iceland and wearing a half-sip sweater? Is it being in a volcano, a geothermal hot spring? Who can say, but we're going to try to figure it out. Clayton's journey has finally crashed to a conclusion, and today, Emma, the two of us are going solo, just you and me, to discuss the finale of the finale. It's part two, and I can't wait to dig into. Honestly, like, it was, I I hate to give any credit to Jesse Palmer or Mike Fleiss or the show, but like I, I have to admit, I found it quite dramatic. It really, what I gasped audibly while watching more than once. Yeah, I it mean, was, I felt like I should have been prepared, and yet I was not. I was not. I was not. And I don't know. This morning, in the light of day, the fact that. All the different parties seem to be generally doing all right. I'm feeling a sense of calm rather than intense trauma. And so for that, I am truly fucking grateful. Yeah, I'm hopeful that the human wreckage of this show was less absolute than it seemed. I mean, I remember also after Matt James's finale being like, oh, my God, I can't believe what they did to this man <laughs> and I look back now and I'm like I am glad that it seems like he ha- has found 
happiness and uh, got something out of the process. And I hope that this will be something similar for especially the women involved um, and also Clayton. So let's get going. Let's dive in to this absolute fucking roller coaster of emotions. (laughs) We open back in the live studio. Jesse is back and beaming because we're about to do his favorite thing destroy the souls of innocent women for ratings his energy is so truly bizarre (laughs) because it doesn't change he's like truly gleeful and he's like devastating heartbreak (laughs) it's true jesse modulate your tone it's it really is like there's something slightly dystopian feeling about it like he's hosting a game show from after the apocalypse where You're just like, everything is in shambles, and he's still got the same grin fixed to his face as if everything were fine. It's emotionally confusing. did send us a gif comparing Jesse's energy to the energy of Caesar from The Hunger Games. And I thought that was quite accurate. Now I have to cop to the fact that I haven't seen The Hunger Games, and I didn't know the reference, but I was just like, wow, whatever this guy is doing, (laughs) it is exactly what Jesse was doing. Um, So we're all on the same page. Uh, He lets us know that Clayton... You know, he fell in love with not one, not two, but three women, all for the same low, low price. And now he's in trouble. The way he says this, too, is like, do you think this is adorable? Like, Clayton did a whoopsie. I, I've had enough of Jesse after, after this finale. We have some special guests in the audience. All of America's, I would say, elder bachelor statesmen. Big Tony. Gabby's grandfather and Neil Lane. All the men that you need present to (laughs) ratify a happy ending. And with that, we're back in Reykjavik with Clayton, who is, we can tell, troubled because he is wearing, I think, the coziest turtleneck we've seen him in so far. He really needs to swaddle the neck as just for protection. And... And I respect that he understands his needs in this moment because he doesn't at any other moment. Do you think when you have that much neck that it feels really vulnerable that you're just like, I have to protect this neck? Yeah. He's like, no one will go for my metaphorical or physical jugular if I just absolutely (laughs) cover it in some soft, soft wool. And he is gazing out the window of a Hilton because he has fallen in love with Gabby and Rachel, but also Susie. And he says poignantly, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And that's what happened. They paved <sighs> paradise just, and they put up Jesus. a parking lot. Just don't make this guy narrate anything ever again. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so he's coming to this conclusion, I think, Days after everyone else involved, but he's ready. He's ready to take the risk and have that conversation with Susie. And meanwhile, Jesse is out there doing his dirty work. He's knocking on a door. The door is opening, and it's Susie in a cute wrap sweater. She's brave enough to leave her neck exposed to the elements. And Jesse sets her down basically where the sun is fully in her eyes. So she immediately like starts weeping. And I, I was like, this is devilish blocking to put her here (laughs) um she looks very uncomfortable and she starts saying oh yeah it's been really hard the other night didn't go as planned and jesse says well i have news that will change everything 
Clayton's been a wreck since you left him. I think he really, really regrets how it ended. And if you're up for it, I really think you should go see Clayton today. Okay, so there's something very weird about watching an older man go to a young woman and be like, I know that this man really hurt you and you broke up with him, but you really need to go give him another chance because he's sad. Yeah. The dynamics of this are... I really feel like this this would have played so differently if it had been, like, Caitlin Bristow in in the role. Yeah. Someone who... Yeah. it's Because Jesse also fucked up a lot as the lead, as we all know. Uh, We watched the highlight, highlight reel. But Caitlin, I think, is able to bring an emotional uh, depth from that experience. Like, she's like, I understand that I hurt people, and I also understand the challenges that Clayton is now going through. I have empathy for everyone. And Jesse is just sort of like a block (laughs) of teeth and hair. Like, I don't think that he's, like, really learned any insights to impart. I am so distracted by his gelled hairstyle that reminds me of, like, the way that every boy in middle school used yes. to style their hair. Well, that in the was... late 90s in like <laughs> around Y2K. Like that well, that's was the, the thing. vibe. Jesse's like came Jesse rose to prominence when that hairstyle was really it. And yeah, I, it's like you get you get stuck. It's like the vibe shift where you just like you you stop at a certain point and that's your vibe. I love the, how that's like really possible for men and it's not. For, like, can you imagine a woman just being like, I got cool with this hairstyle in 1998 and I'm sticking with it forever, even though I'm still on TV. No, absolutely no. not. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Susie receives this from Jesse, but we don't see her answer. We cut right to Clayton sitting with his parents and they want to know what sets Susie apart. Like, why Susie instead of these two perfectly nice women who didn't leave him? And he says she's adventurous and a once-in-a-lifetime girl. At least he he named one actual descriptor of Susie. The, when he keeps saying the once-in-a-lifetime girl thing, I think that really hurt the other two women to see. And it really bothers me to watch because it's really like he's like he's saying not we're so perfect together, but like I found this top shelf lady and Right. She's elevated. Yeah. And therefore I need to go after her because yeah. she's so high value. I've been offered a once in a lifetime opportunity to get in on the ground floor of Susie and <laughs> I'm not gonna let this slip away. Like imagine not investing in Apple when it was just a startup. You know, like, that's what I'm talking about here. And it's like, Clayton, I don't think that this is, like, a really sensitive way to talk about relationships, but... His his parents look very <laughs> worried. They're just like, again, we are still here supporting our large adult son. We're still looking for the exits, but I guess for now we remain trapped inside of this very nice Airbnb. Yeah. They're like, Clayton, we really don't think this is going to work out. But like, what are we going to say? You're almost 30. Like, you're not our problem anymore. So as they're all sitting here, in walks Susie. This was so awkward. The fact that Susie had to walk into a room where Clayton's parents were and she hadn't even spoken to Clayton. Like, they are broken up. 
and yeah. she's walking into a room with his family. Yeah, she's meeting his family, and she has no idea. Like they, she has no reestablished relationship with Clayton whatsoever. And so they're embracing her, and she's hugging them. And his mom is like, "Can I take your coat?" And she's like, "Actually, I think Clayton and I need to go outside and talk." Like, why would they just launch her into that setting? At it every was point, they were making for everyone. Like, I actually felt like her parents were really trying to be sensitive. I mean, his parents yeah. were really trying to be sensitive as well. And it was just, again, this is not a normal situation. Right. Of course, they're trying to be really <laughs> welcoming. Like, what are you going to say? Like, please go outside yeah. and talk to our son. But, like, <laughs> it's just the most, at every point, production was like, we're going to create the most maximally right. uncomfortable version of this For that we can imagine. For everyone involved. <laughs> um, but they do go outside. And this is when we finally. Oh, my God. I, I've been waiting all this is the thing I've been waiting for the most is to see Clayton in his dramatic black fur lined hood, like the prince of fucking darkness. I mean, Carrie Fetman <laughs> pulled out the motherfucking stops for this styling. It's incredible. It's like he's in like an avant-garde production of The Lion King and he's portraying Scar. Like there's something about <laughs> like the way that the rough of the black fur frames his whole face and then his It looked troubled. very warm. I I, I was kind of into the coat. He also had the turtleneck. So it's really just like his jawline jutting out and then the halo of the black fur around him. It's very um it's a very interesting look uh it strikes the eye and he needs to make an impression on Susie so it couldn't be a better timed moment to have such a visually intriguing outfit she sits down on a bench with Clayton always on a bench and tells him that it's been really tough since the breakup but she had sort of accepted everything and was just dealing with it and she didn't see this coming but he still wanted to talk to her and she says, you are a good human. I genuinely believe that. But I was really shocked by how everything happened. I was so impressed with Susie's ability in this moment to really hold Clayton's feet to the fire and and explain to him in such clear terms exactly how his flip of a switch made her feel. You know, she she says, like, the way that you treated me was actually what changed the way I felt about you. Mm. She said, like, I was so vulnerable. I felt like you made me question my inner voice, my intuition. I felt like an awful person. It was humiliating. I felt like a stray dog that had come into your home and you were shooing me out. That is an incredibly astute, because watching it, that actually yeah. is how it was received as well. Like, I really did get that stray dog being shooed out energy from how he put her in the car. And I think she's really on point with this. I think it's it's interesting. Like, we were definitely critical of Susie and the position she put Clayton in. Yeah. And I stand by that. But Clayton really expressed everything in that conversation about how he felt she had handled it wrong. And Susie didn't really, until this moment, get a chance to be like, well, what about how you have handled this wrong? What right. about how you handled that conversation in this really cold and hurtful way? And I think if this conversation hadn't happened, um, whether or not it happened on or off camera, it would have been very hard for them to get to the place that they're clearly in right now. Like, she needed space to say to say her piece and to express, like, whether or not this was your intention, your actions 
And the way you speak to people has consequences. And like, this is what that did to me in that moment. Yeah. And I think also I have, I definitely, when I was watching the initial scene was like, oh, Susie is coming into this kind of knowing what the deal is. Like she sort of knows the situation and she knows what she wants and like this rule that Clayton doesn't know about. And like the, the more that we have learned, the more I think I have come to understand what Susie didn't know and that Susie also felt kind of taken aback because she didn't, I think, expect to hear him say that he was in love with her. She she wasn't really prepared for the way that the conversation went at all. And so they both really were like completely just off balance through that whole interview. And even though Susie was much more composed, that doesn't mean that she was really like prepared, I think, in the way that I had taken from how composed she was. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like helpful to me to to gain more empathy for her position in in hearing her express herself. And um, you know, I did listen to some of her interview with Nick Vial on his podcast. And she's really honest about the fact that they were just sort of like talking past each other in that interaction. And the fact that they were both both made errors and both were kind of naive as to what they were walking into um, yeah. when that conversation happened. So, but I was really like proud of her in that moment that she was able to articulate that because it's it's hard. It's yeah. hard to so clearly communicate when someone hurts you. And I like all three of these women, I was like, can they like all be my communication coaches? Cause I'm yeah. very impressed. I'm so impressed. The, <laughs> like, honestly, the most impressive thing about Clayton is that at some point he convinced all of these three women that he was I know. worth fighting for. They all seem great. And so she she's basically like, How could you treat me like this? As as a person, as someone you claim to love, I was so humiliated. And Clayton says, I'm so sorry I made you feel that way. I did not mean the things that I said when I said that I didn't know who I was looking at. Like, I didn't mean that. I just got to that point because I saw myself losing you. The fear overcame me, and I went way out of character. What you are is an incredible person that has so much to offer. To me, you have everything. The second you walked out, I lost everything. And if you do walk out, again, I'll lose everything. Wow, lots to unpack here. I do want to just say that um, when people say I that was way out of my character, I think often that is just a way of saying I wish I didn't do that. Yeah, like I, I don't really enjoy. I didn't. I don't enjoy this side of me that yeah was that came out and like it's. It's hard because we don't know how he normally reacts in conflict, but a lot of us have really unflattering sides that yeah. can come out in conflict. And that doesn't mean it's out of character. It means that, like, that's a side of ourselves that we we need to to learn to control. We need to work on. Yeah. yeah I, and I think we have seen not an – I don't think we've seen enough of Clayton to, to make some no. of the strong allegations we don't that we've heard. But I do think we've seen enough to say, like, this actually – there are elements of this that are in in the character that we've seen over the course of the show, that he really thrives on affirmation from women, that he can become very cold and uh, kind of callous when it's taken away or when he's being criticized, um, that he doesn't know how to, like, 
necessarily access like a sensitive emotional side during conversations that are challenging that really call for that. And so in a way, I think it's just like a really extreme in character moment, perhaps. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that it's hard for him to to look back on that but the the way that people are always just like oh that was so out of my character don't worry it'll never happen again i'm like then where did it come from like i don't know like it's probably a little bit in character um but to go also from like one day ago being like i'm in love with all of them to being like susie is everything this man does not know himself no but um He, he does not he ultimately says like I'm asking you, is there any way you can give me a second chance? I love you and I don't want to lose you. And Susie does not seem convinced by this exchange, which fair enough. Yeah. I mean, what what can he really say? Like, I, I think in this environment, <laughs> there really is like, I think that people can get past tough conflict, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. But this show and like the like filming like this is not an environment that is built to give people space to have really honest conversations yeah and i think that like obviously when you experience something like that final fight that they had and are are left feeling so humiliated and hurt by someone you don't need just like a really nicely worded apology and declaration of love you need to actually see right a change in that person and that's just not going to happen in the course of this conversation and so Susie is is smart enough to know that and basically says you know i need more time thank you for your genuine apology it means a lot and clayton's like okay i don't want to rush you we just have like a couple days until the end of filming, but like no rush. I'm like, yes, I will be at a lodge waiting to propose to you at a very specific window, but like patiently waiting, no rush. Oh God. And Susie walks away, leaves him on the bench, surrounded by his pain and his black fur rough. And And Clayton (laughs) finally, which he should have realized far earlier, if he knew himself, I think he would have, uh, realizes finally... I guess I need to send Gabby and Rachel home because, huh? huh, Because I am, I obviously have much stronger feelings for Susie and like whether or not this works out, I can't just like keep my backup options around like swinging in the fucking wind after I've just begged them to stay. Yeah. I mean, he's already left them sweet. Like, it's he so should have bad. talked to them before he had this conversation with Susie. Like, I just can't. Like, he's in a different outfit from the last time we saw him. Clearly a little bit of time has passed since his date with Rachel. The very first thing he should have done after right. saying to Jesse, I want another chance with Susie, is go directly should- to the Hilton and schedule a chat with each of them. Separately. Separately. Which he doesn't do any of these things. He's like, all right, I'm going to wait. I'm going to get pretty for Susie. We're going to have this talk. And then, oh, fuck, I forgot to dump Rachel and Gabby. My other girlfriends. (sighs) These women. Um, So he is like, I owe it to these two to, to tell them what happened and to break up with them. And we know that he is feeling serious about this emotional situation because we next see him journaling in bed. 
pouring all his feelings out onto the page. And I really <laughs> would like to read this journal. <laughs> I mean, if it's anything like the words he says, it's just like, I have no regrets. I can't take back my actions. All I can do is own them and grow from them. Susie is everything. I'm in love Top with these other women, lady. but I'm not. I don't know. Uh, so he is waiting basically to hear from Susie. And that's still kind of front and center. He's like, I'm going to get to the breaking up thing. But like, oh, man, really waiting for a, a note from Susie. Everything is invested in Susie. And I hope that I said enough to warrant a second chance. He's always hoping he said enough to, like, warrant a second chance. But waking up the next day, his hope is slipping. It's the next day. He still hasn't dumped Gabby and Rachel. Poor Gabby and Rachel have clearly just been, like, left in a Hilton hotel suite to wonder what the fuck is going on. Days are passing. Like, this two of them, we see them together in some sort of sweet room being like you didn't go on a date right like i didn't go on a date we both met his family like what yeah rachel's like so he's clearly choosing not to go on these last two dates and they both seem extremely freaked out they know something is not right he's left them to kind of twist in the wind and wonder for a couple days while he just sort of focused on his feelings for Susie for a little bit and he's finally like, I can't put it off any longer. It's time. Guess I need to have that classic group breakup convo this that is, every every partner every partner loves. It's horrific to not I, even be, get their own conversation. I can't. The way that he just like ha- could not make the transition from the structure of the show and the group breakup that is the rose ceremony to the way that you are supposed to handle the late stage breakups is why like by the time he reaches the top six he's still not he's walking them out from the rose ceremony but he's still not giving them any like one-on-one emotional connection around that breakup and now he's at his final three and he's still dumping them on mass like <laughs> it's like night one like he doesn't understand Clayton, how these relationships Clayton. have changed yeah, and I think that, like, what Kelsey, what we were talking about with Kelsey yesterday is so present here, which is, like, he needed to treat each of these relationships separately and give them the dignity and the respect. Like, look, rejection sucks. We've all experienced it. it getting dumped never feels good. But do you know what makes it better in the long run? Feeling seen and respected during that process. And I think he really fucked up in that respect. It's like high farce the way that this happens. He basically lets himself into the suite that they're in. They're both sitting on the couch. Hey, ladies. (laughs) Sitting near each other, watching as he comes. We actually see the camera on them. And we hear his giant coat, like, rustling through the door (laughs) off camera. They're not really speaking He's, Their faces look immediately they know. stricken. This guy is just, like, shuffling silently into our suite without introduction um, or greeting. And then he just plops down on the couch and breaks up with them. Together. With, like, no preamble. They're sitting stone-faced on the couch. And here's what he says. I wrote it down. 
this whole journey went not as how I expected. Through everything I've done, I've done what I thought was best and followed my heart, but I've realized I've caused so much pain and I wish that I could take it all back. I saw a future with you both and I told you I loved you and I meant all of that. I realize it's not feasibly possible for me to be in love with three women like I said I was. Everyone deserves someone to give 100% of their heart. And unfortunately, I can't be that person for either of you. And unfortunately, my heart is no longer here. It's with Susie. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I hope you can forgive me one day. But if that day is not today, I get it. It's certainly not today, Clayton. It's definitely <laughs> not. It's not today today either. Yeah, it's not today today. It's like, <laughs> it's not today of three months ago. It's not today now. Woof. This is not a good breakup speech. And it And it's, again, by nature, completely impersonal because it's a group conversation. It's like he sent out a, a group text to his whole <laughs> roster or something. Your services will no longer be needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, a mass copy-paste text that's just like, I've started uh, to see someone else more seriously. So like, <laughs> I, you know, don't text me anymore. Like, it's like what you like do to a fuck buddy. Like, I... <laughs> It is. Oh my god! So it is horrific. so bad. It's like I was just like Clayton, Clayton. How are you so bad at this? I truly like. I give him a little bit more understanding for the group rose ceremony thing because I think he's just like an emotional nitwit, and he was following what he felt was the structure of the show, and production was like, "Great, tell, announce it at the rose ceremony." Like, why, like, what is his excuse now? Like, the rose ceremony went really badly, and now he's not even at a rose ceremony. There's nothing stopping him from having two individual conversations, even even in terms of, like, a framework that he's familiar with. Like, has he broken up with women in groups before outside of the show? Like, why does this seem like the natural way to do it to him? I think he is so pliable and he's just like, I guess I just continue to listen to whatever production says. I'm like, Clayton, has that been working out for you? Because I don't think it has been. But what we ultimately see here is two polar opposite and equally moving, I'd say, breakup responses. Gabby just immediately like sinks into very justified anger. Rachel, on the other hand, is, like, stunned and sobbing. It's even, like, down to the physical reaction. Like, Gabby immediately, yeah. like, Gabby's, Rachel is just sitting there, hand over the mouth, shocked, immobile. Gabby immediately starts getting up. She's like, I really don't have anything to say. Thank you. I know it was hard to come here and tell us. So gracious, even in her anger. Oh, I know it was hard to come She's here and so tell good. us. But I think you were too late. And for both of us, you could have thought about it before putting yourself in our shoes. That's it, I think, for me. And she That's leaves it, as I think, she's for talking. Me is iconic. Truly so brutal and iconic. I I fucking wish I had this level of composure and ability to just, like, dunk on someone <laughs> who had fucked up in such a, like, kind way because that makes it even more brutal. I am much more of a Rachel. Oh, yeah. To have the wherewithal, like, in the moment to not only Say the thing. feel the hurt but to step back and see – all of the things that the other person truly did wrong and to put it so gracefully into words. 
Meanwhile, Rachel is just left sitting there, hand over the mouth, as Clayton is like, uh, I'll be right back, and goes after Gabby, because, of course, he can never just let Gabby be. He follows her to the other room and asks to talk, and she's like, okay, because she still has more to say, actually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I actually don't know who you are at all, and I'm pissed because I spent the last two days away from my family and my friends who actually give a shit about me, and you don't. And Clayton's like, that's not true. And Gabby says, it is true. I can't believe anything you say, not one thing. You asked me to stay because you were pissed and your pride was hurt because Susie left. How can she be so accurate about everything when she's in the middle of it? It's incredible. And Clayton's like, I was hurt. And Gabby's like, yeah, I actually understand that because I'm an emotionally together person. She's like, so why not talk about what you were actually feeling instead of just fighting for each of us to stay. And this is when Clayton just says the quiet part out loud. He's like, well, because I didn't want you to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Not like because I was in love with you, too. Interrogate that, Yeah, I just didn't want you to leave. And Gabby says, but now you do. So what the fuck is the difference? A couple days doesn't really make a difference, except that one time it was going to be my decision, and now it's your decision, and that's easier. And he says no. And she says it is, and you don't have the insight or experience to know. You don't have the insight or experience to know. And also the fact that she really read him for being like, before I had control, before I was making the choice to leave, and that made you panic. And like whether or not it was conscious, you you couldn't deal with that. And now you get to have control. And like, fuck you. Yeah, honestly. And we were talking about this with Kelsey the other day. And I, I think it's true that like I don't think that in his conscious mind that he's like I have to control this situation by keeping the women here but it's becoming beyond clear that control is very much playing in to his his motivations here that it is really hard to feel like you've lost control over all these relationships that you thought you were in the power position and to to scramble and claw for some of that control back is perhaps a natural human urge, but it is very selfish and harmful to those women who have every right to take control in that moment. And for, for him to go and like beg Gabby to stay so that he can have that option back or to have the feeling that not everyone has left him. I don't know. It's just really, ugh, it's really unfair that he acted that way. And so Clayton uh, just starts going on about how he did love her. And he there's difference between love and being in love. But like, I loved all of them. But like, you can only be in love with one person. And Kelly's like, oh my God, you actually sound ridiculous. Yeah, she's just like, cut Stop. the shit. You said you were falling in love with all of us. And now you just don't want to admit that you were wrong. This next, she, this is an incredible statement. All the hard decisions you're making by telling Rachel and me together that you said you were falling in love with each of us. Like, oh, that is such a big man. You could have pulled us each aside or just withheld your words. Okay, we get past that. And then you do it again. Tell us together you don't give a fuck about us. And now you still can't admit you fought for me for a wrong reason. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I am so obsessed with her. Like, like, oh my God. Uh, This entire time... I was thinking so much about how 
Gabby is someone that leads with the lighter side of her personality. And I bet that she is a person who is perpetually fucking underestimated. Yes. And the truth is she's just a pretty controlled, thoughtful person with her words. And like she says a few times, like, my words mean something. My She says during AFR, like, my words are vow. And when she chooses to deploy those words, goddamn. Yeah, that was blistering and... Honestly, like, I felt like she was recapping the show for me. I, I was know. like, you're giving me so much insight right now, Kathy. <laughs> Genius. She just was so spot on with everything. Yeah. And I think that, like, what happened at the Rose Ceremony, again, is it's just more clear what a fuck up it is in this second attempt to do it together. Yeah. But she's so on point about it. That's like, if you really cared uh, about each of us, you wouldn't handle us like we were sort of a set. You wouldn't handle us like we were just like a, like a pack, like two women that you have to deal with and like sweep off stage. You would you would deal with each of our relationships and this new turn right. in our relationships as a conversation. How can it be a conversation when you're just giving it as a speech? A group, to a, us right, a group together. proclamation. And you know, she also says brings this up later, but like they have different emotional needs mm. in these moments. They're not. Like, people respond in different ways. People need things from a partner during tough moments, including a breakup, in different ways. And, like, you simply can't provide that if you're trying to do it to a group. Yeah, I keep coming back to Clayton's, like, extreme football dude energy and just, like, the hierarchies that go along with being raised in that kind of structure that, like... You're so accustomed to hierarchical relationships, to, like, the coach telling the other mm -hmm. coaches what the game plan is, and then your, like, defensive coordinator or whatever tells you what the play is or whatever. I'm mangling this. But, like, there is a lot of, like, of that level of communication that comes with raising yeah. men in that kind of um, culture, and he just now sees himself, I truly, like, I've joked about it. He, It's almost like he's treating them like he's their coach. Like, he's like, I've got to give you guys the tough news. You're not on the roster. And, like, you can come see right, me in my like, office he's, afterwards he's and we can coach. talk about it. He's their coach and production is his coach, right? And, right? and that's just, like, a disastrous combination. It's terrible. because, And I say that because I recognize the way that something like this happens on a team – or at work, even, when your boss mm -hmm. makes an announcement and then is like, you can come see me if you have questions. I'll, I'll be, my office hours are open. That is how he's handling this. And it's it's just like, it's like, it's the only kind of power structure he is familiar with or knows how to handle or navigate. It's quite emotionally stunted. And Susie actually kind of brings that, that up in her conversation with Nick. Like, she mm -hmm. talks about the way that Clayton was raised in, like, football culture and, like, around groups of men basically exclusively. And she's, like, that, like, he's had to do a lot of emotional learning. Yeah. Um, let us take a quick break and we will be right back with more from Gabby. Can you keep up? I, like, love it. 
Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. There's dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops, and premium jeans. I mean, you name it, and Newly has it. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles for more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility are also included. Plus the option to buy what you love. I love Newly so much. I actually have bought several items that I found through Newly and they are staples in my wardrobe. Most recently, I've been looking for the perfect pair of jeans, which is a constant quest because my body is always changing and also jean styles are always changing. I was trying out this month the A. Goldie Pinchwaist jeans, which are sort of legendary for how flattering they are. And it was exciting to get to try them out without sending 200 of my dollars away. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code LTSI20. Just go to NUULY.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code LTSI20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, Newly with two U's, with code LTSI20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should. Learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks, and... 
it's been really helpful because my French is not good. But now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back, and we cut right from Gabby leaving as the feminist a- a bachelor icon she is, alone and strong, right on to the stage of AFR. She walks out and hugs her grandpa, who is just like weeping with pride. <laughs> and it is the cutest, cutest thing I've ever seen. I'm obsessed with Grandpa John. Gabby looks incredible in a black satin cocktail dress. Please, someone explain to me how you can make satin look so good. Just shiny materials tend not to agree with my body. And so I'm I'm impressed. She's just really rocking it. And she sits with Jesse. He asks how she's been. And she says, up and down, <laughs> watching the show back has brought up lots of emotions. And basically, she says that watching the last few weeks of the show has given her more clarity from seeing all the sides of the story, seeing the other sides of Clayton. She only knew her own experience before, and, like, it makes more sense to her now, seeing how it all happened. And she says it's also a little disheartening. Jesse then brings up when Clayton dumped her and Rachel at the same time, and she says, you know, it was really sad and heartbreaking I really thought it would be me at the end all of us did and so I just like was waiting and struggling and I needed clarity and when I got it I was able to just flip into processing um it's like on some she like they're all like I really thought it was me but with Gabby I'm like she maybe thought it was her but another part of her very much was like shit's about to go sideways and was like a part of her brain was like preparing already already preparing for that yeah and she is look she is the oldest of the three of them she by her own admission has like spent years in therapy like she she's almost like the most emotionally equipped yeah yeah absolutely Jesse asked if she was in love with Clayton, and she says that she really was, and that Clayton was a safe space for her to open up over the course of the show. And she says, quote, with the information I had and the person that was given to me in the moment, that was the person I loved. Looking back, I didn't know anything. Yikes. And this is when they bring old Clayto <laughs> onto the stage oh. so Gabby can just eviscerate him yet again yeah uh she's ready um she is so ready uh (laughs) she's so ready and yet it also really doesn't feel rehearsed she's just so good at communicating she says you know after having watched it back the first thing that comes to mind is i just feel so misled i feel like i wasn't given all the information even though you did have the information and at the time i was making those decisions of, of whether i wanted to leave or not And she's like, that's what hurts the most. Um, And I assume in this moment she's referring to the fact that, like, he had already told Susie, I love you the most. Right. Yeah, she really gets into that in this conversation, which I 
loved that you know she she's like you you're, you're saying you hadn't decided or like you didn't know but like you saw my visceral reaction you know right. to the words like i will be with who i love the most you you knew from my reaction that i was upset about that 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 was a deal breaker for me to to be competing to be loved the most and you knew that you had already told Susie that you loved her the most and yet you didn't tell me that and so I do feel like you weren't actually transparent like you withheld the information that I clearly needed to know that was such a good point she she also says like we all went on our own journeys like I had my own journey Rachel did Susie did and it felt like you were pitting us against each other, competition style, which is, again, such an interesting critique because obviously the show itself, like, is at its core a comp- a love competition. Um, and so it, it's very interesting to hear her kind of, like, really critiquing just how unhealthy and un- unnatural and, like, fundamentally fucked up that is. And she says, you know, you had your mind set on Susie before you wanted to tell us that you did and like that just made me feel extremely extremely dismissed she said it's okay if i'm not the one with you at the end and the journey is to see if we're the best match but not if i'm the best woman because who is making those decisions that was the moment where i was like incredible where i really was thinking about how he keeps saying that Susie is a once in a lifetime woman like, he's like, I really found the best woman, and I could have one of these other women, but are they the best woman? <laughs> I could find another one of them in this lifetime, but I couldn't find another Susie. And, like, maybe that's just the way that he talks about things, but it is very hurtful. And I think that Clayton is just so comfortable with the competition format that he really leaned into that. Like, the way that he kept telling women, like, I'm, like, loving what I'm seeing out of you. You're making such a great effort. He, that really, he really was talking to them about their performance as if he were just looking for each of them to make the maximum effort and bring the maximum quality so that he could pick the best one. And he was more comfortable talking like that than he is being like, are we really a good match? Like, what what happens when the two of us are together? Is that, you know, special and unique? Or is it just like, oh, you're really showing me something that's impressive? <laughs> right. It's, it's not a sensitive way to handle. And, like, you have to really handle this sensitively because the structure of the show is so inherently Right. <laughs> you, need to have, you need to have the wherewithal and the understanding, again, of your own desires and, like, the emotional intelligence to pick up on what other people need in order to do this in as humane a way as, as is possible within the, the structures of the show. And I also love this. Gabby says, like, I know it's hard, but when you say you love someone, you are accepting the responsibility to care for them, protect them, and not hurt them. And you didn't do any of those things. She's like, I know you had really, really deep feelings for us, and I appreciate that. I don't think you're malicious, but I don't think you know the weight your words carry. I take words as vow, but your actions didn't back up those words. I mean, again, just like the – the generosity of being like, I, I'm not saying you're a malicious person. I'm saying that your actions were careless and hurtful. And that is 
that's like actually helpful feedback. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like I think it's easier for someone to write off someone just in anger being like, you're an absolutely horrible monster. But like know what's almost more cutting and more effective to be like, I don't think you're a monster, but I think you were extremely thoughtless and your actions had very real consequences on my well-being and the well-being of Rachel. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, the way that she is kind of dissecting this, we were talking a lot also last episode about polyamory and, like, the ethics of, mm-hmm. of, like, can you be in love with more than one person and what does that mean? And she's actually kind of getting to the heart of it here, which is, like, maybe, like, Maybe, Maybe you, you can. Say you, say you can sure. be in love with more than one yeah. person, fine. But he showed that he wasn't actually in love with them because he didn't right. treat their relationships with care. He didn't with treat care. each of them with individual attention and regard. And, like, within polyamory, it's not just, like, you have th- a group of women that you just You just love. have access to, to right. unlimited people. It's like, no, you enter into multiple relationships. You, like... I have have friends who are in the poly community and like that involves a ton of emotional labor. It involves a lot of thinking of a lot of different people and the ways that your relationships with each of those people affect the other relationships. Like it requires a lot of work to do that in an ethical way. Right. It's not just like pretending the other women don't exist when you're with one woman and then when you realize they're all in the same timeline, you have a brain explosion and you just like (laughs) – shoot off a message to two of them being like, bye. Like, it's just not a, a an appropriate way to handle your relationship with someone that you said you loved because that did express to them that you felt some level of commitment to them, even if it wasn't, in your case, monogamous or, uh, you know, whatever. Right. And maybe that is part of the reason. I think there are a lot of reasons that the Ben Higgins thing wasn't quite such a catastrophe. I think partly because... You know, the two, like, Lauren never found out on camera that he had also said, I love you to JoJo. By the time he told JoJo, he was dumping her. Like, obviously, she found out when she was being dumped that he was in love with someone else, too. But I think also part of it is because there were just two of them, he was treating those relationships one-on-one. Like, he was never getting together with two women and being like, (laughs) anyway, whoopsie on saying I love you. And there's something about that that just really takes it to a whole new level. Um, So Clayton, you know, Jesse asks him if he regrets telling Gabby he loved her. and Okay, this pissed me off. Because Jesse's like, do you regret telling you you loved her? And do you regret, like, being so honest about everything that happened. I was like, Jesse, this is the wrong question. Like that wasn't Were you the just issue. too honest? Were you too hardworking? Are you such a perfectionist, Clayton? It's it's just like it didn't actually leave Clayton room to respond thoughtfully. Because it's like, no, that's obviously not the thing he should be regretting. Like what are yeah. you talking about? Jesse's so bad at this. Clayton then says he did wanted to be transparent and not hold anything back. And this is when Gabby's like, but my deal breaker was who you like being loved the most and that being the measuring stick. And you didn't tell me that you loved Susie the most already. (laughs) So you weren't transparent. And then she says, I'm not Susie. Neither is Rachel. We don't have the same needs as her. You need to treat us as individuals. Oh my God. To have to be told that. God. To have to be told that is insane. 
But it was so cool to see her again, just like lay this out so clearly. I was like fist pumping. Like, yeah. Like, yes. And and this is another thing Susie brings up in her interview with Nick is she's like, Gabby and I have talked since the show. And like, yeah, we we do have really different deal breakers. We do think about sex in really different ways. And like, that's great and should be okay. And so it's like, okay, Clayton, you as a person dating all of these people needed to tune in to what their individual needs were. Right. And I I personally don't think that it is wrong for him to want to be transparent about what happened with Susie. But the way that he did it was basically like, I'm hearing that women think sex is a deal breaker, confirm or deny ladies, you know, (laughs) rather than having that individual conversation where you're like, here's why Susie left it was really hard like here are my feelings about our relationship and what do you need to know from me about what happened or you know about our relationship in order to to proceed and uh, that's just it's simply not what happened so Clayton is like well I've learned I made too many assumptions and I didn't ask enough questions and I'm sorry again Jesse uh, then is like, everyone gets some tissues. Let's go back, reel it back. We're back to remember how Rachel was left sitting on a couch in With shock. Her mouth open <laughs> in shock, about to like break into heaving sobs. Yes, yes. Is Clayton so going Clayton- to remember where he left Rachel? Finally, yes, he is. <laughs> Clayton comes back from his conversation with Gabby. He re-enters the original room. Rachel is just like sitting there stone-faced, getting the look of of ick kind of sinking in. Yeah. And he's like, Rachel, I just wanted to let you know again that I'm sorry. <gasps> oh, not just enough, wanted to let you enough. know. Just a little quick update for me, circling back on this. I am sorry. And Rachel has been preparing and yeah. has some thoughts. She's like, you asked about our definition of love. I just want to talk about that for a little bit. I remember getting the rose in Houston and thinking I was falling in love. And then when we saw my parents, my mom said, you're in love. And I knew that I was. And then here in Iceland, I had the best date I've ever had, yelling I love you from a rooftop. And I remember thinking, I hope everyone gets to experience a love like I feel, because not everyone gets to have that. And I'm feeling it now. And then what you put us through at the rose ceremony and me choosing to stand there with you. I was the only one who chose to stand there with you. And you told me moving forward would make us stronger. And I believed you. I mean, yes. I'm going to cry. I'm so mad that he did did this. This is actually like seeing Rachel cry was like. That act- I'm that actually really got me too. I'm we are like huge softies. We're both we both were like in tears all night. Um, she says, I fought for us with your parents, telling them how much I loved you while I was heartbroken. When you put me in the car, I'm not going to stop loving you. And I promise you, when you look back on this, this is going to haunt you. The fact that you let me go. I'm crying. Oh my help, god. Help. <laughs> I just really like. I'm so much more of a Rachel. Like I don't lead with anger in those in these like really emotional situations. I look for ways to kind of like negotiate around it or like uh, that's how I can communicate my my hurt is like it's in more in in this way. And I just really, really felt for Rachel. Like I wanted I really wanted to just 
give her a hug. And this is where she really starts to lose it. And she's like, I tried so hard. I gave you everything. I fought for this every single day. But responds to all of that by saying, I'm sorry. I see your frustration. I get it. Clayton, Completely it's not frustration. It my is God. not this frustrating. Is, I'm sorry. This is word for word what I say to my toddler when he wants <laughs> something he's not allowed to have right now. Word for fucking word. Like, that like, is not how you speak to someone who is having emotions about the very cruel way like, that Clayton, you have handled you, their relationship. And, and I think that in this conversation, later she gets to it explicitly, but, like, what Rachel wants in this moment, bare minimum, is some fucking confirmation from him that what they had mattered and that what she feels matters and she needs him to mirror some of that back at her because you feel crazy when you're like we had this whole experience like I feel like I scooped out my insides and handed them to you on a platter like even if I even if we're not it at the end you need to give me fucking something and he just simply can't he can't he can't validate that he can he's just treating her like i'm sorry you can't have the thing you want yeah she's like you didn't give me anything what little you gave me i held on to and she starts sobbing and he clayton has this tendency he does this multiple times he says i'm sorry you feel that way it's like clayton no you don't you don't say i'm sorry you feel that way because that is not an actual full apology like you need to say I am so sorry I made you feel that way. I'm so sorry that I did this. Yeah. I am so sorry that I acted, that I handled this so poorly and that I hurt you. Like, he can't articulate the things that he did wrong. All that he can perceive are the feelings that have been caused by them. So again and again, he'll be like, I caused a lot of pain. There was a lot of hurt there. But it's hard for him to identify and put his finger on what he did. Right. Which is why he keeps being like, I have no regrets. I did what I thought was right in the moment. And I'm like, but can you identify a thing that you did that you could have done something different that would have been better? Because that is how we learn and grow. And, you know, she is here saying, like, I fought for this so hard. You never once fought for me. You never did. I was the one who fought by myself for you. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I did feel a connection and I did fight for you until I realized my heart was going somewhere else. And then he says, I can't oh. continue to try to love you when I can't be 100% in. That is such a fuck you. It's like, first of all, Clayton, she realizes why you're breaking up with her. Like she under she's not a dummy. She understands. You've said it like my heart is with someone else. Like, she she gets it. And to say, I can't continue to try to love you when he has yeah. been insisting, I'm there, I do love you, like, over and yeah. over again. It's like, no one asked you to try. Right. That's the thing. He's been saying, like, oh, how did this happen? I never wanted this to happen. Oops, I fell in love with three women. So is it that? Or is it that you were trying to stay open? Is it that you accidentally fell in love? Or was it that you were trying to love these women? Like, they don't want you to try to love them and when he says that actually when he says i can't continue to try to love you the camera's on rachel's face and it just seizes up with pain like i he's just such he's just blundering around like trampling all over her feelings and it's really hard to watch and i'm really not i 
genuinely agree with him and with Gabby. I don't think this was malicious on his part, but it's so bad what he's doing. Like, I don't understand how he can sit there and be like, I accidentally fell in love with all of you. I didn't mean to. And then is like, I actually tried really hard to fall in love with all of you. Like, which is it? Like, I, he just doesn't know how to express his feelings at all. And it's really damaging. And I hope that he has, I really hope to God he has, he has learned something from this. At this point, Rachel is like, okay, like, fine. Her mascara is all over her face. She has been sobbing uncontrollably this I whole know. time. And yet she still looks Disney princess gorgeous. It is I just have to say incredible. it's malpractice not to get this girl some waterproof mascara at this point in the yeah, season. Yeah, I agree. Rude. Uh, Clayton asks if she can, g- if he can give her a hug and say goodbye, and she nods. Again, polar opposite from every part of Gabby's goodbye. As they walk out, he says, I'm so sorry. And she says, you gave up on us. I never gave up. At the car, she's still negotiating, honestly. She's like, you're oh, going felt, to put me in I the car right so now. hard here. I cannot believe you're going to put me in the car right now. And he says, it might be a mistake. And she says, I promise it is. And he's like, I'm so sorry. Wish I could see an easier way. Anyway, there's the door. Goodbye. Hop on in. So Clayton, don't say it might be a mistake. Don't If you're yeah. ending something, don't leave space. Yeah, whatever. He's just don't so, say it so might be a mistake. This. Like say something that expresses that the that what happened between you was real, but that still conveys that the door is closed. Like I <sighs> also like I it, the way that she is still sort of like I can't believe you're gonna put me in the car was so real to me in a way that I feel like oh, we rarely yeah. see on the show, which is like she knows it's over. But also, there is just something so weird about such an intense relationship and conversation being over in the way that things end on The Bachelor, where it's just, like, halfway through the breakup conversation, and it's like, I'm just going to put you in an SUV and Send you off the to door. the airport now, I guess. It's so weird. Like, you're just like, how can this conversation really be over? Like, we've had such an intense relationship. Like, there's got to be more. And I Honestly, that even feels, like, relatable to me in, like, normal relationships well, when exactly. I was a little bit, right? Like, when I was a little bit younger, it's just, like, that moment where you've, like, had an emotional talk and you're all tear-stained and then suddenly the person is, like, gonna leave and you're, like, really? Like, th- really? Like, this yeah. is Yeah, well, but exactly. And I think I've always found the part of the show where there is an intense end of season breakup and then it's like a last hug at the car and they get in and go and they've had like a three minute conversation. I've, I mean, it's a staple of the show. That's how these usually go. But I'm always like, that doesn't really seem like a real, real, real. That doesn't seem how these things, the way that she's reacting feels much more real to me. Yeah. We then ultimately cut back live in studio and Rachel is just on the couch looking ethereal and her face is just glazed in tears from watching that back, which I I yeah. would have been the same. And she's in a beautiful gold beaded mini dress. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about what she said in the limo, which was intense. She was like, he didn't even cry. He didn't even shed a tear. He didn't even fight at all. I was in love, but he was never in love with me. Oh, yeah. And then she says, I forgot about this. I'm so heartbroken, but at least I have an answer. And now I don't just have to cry myself to sleep every night wondering what's going to happen. 
the and way that he that made was them another thing that felt for so days. but this is another part of the show that we rarely hear spoken about that feels so relatable to me is like the anxiety of not having information like it would kill me it would fucking destroy me and i think that like the way that that's usually handled because it does seem wild that these people are able to make it to the point of almost getting engaged to someone and and not be prostrate at the thought of all the other relationships this delicate dance of the lead like giving them plenty of reassurance and making them enjoy the dates and production like comforting them and being like he he's so into you with that Normally, that just, I think, kind of buoys them through what is ultimately not that long of a time. And instead, this process has been stretched out because Clayton has been hanging around, being like, let's tell them what happened. Okay, let's, like, meet the parent. Let's Now let's go talk to Susie. Let's think about what Susie might say to us for a day or two. Okay, now let's go break up with them. So he not only, like, punctured the balloon of hope that they all normally would have carrying them through to the finale – he then, like, hung out for a couple of days. So so basically just, like, by breaking this last process in this way, he's created a much more emotionally fraught situation for all of them. And the way that she talked about it, you know, normally we hear the person who gets rejected at Fantasy Suites and the week after talk about how blindsided they felt, how shocking it is, they really opened up. But the way she's talking about it is more like the way that I would talk about, like... You know, I had a big talk with my boyfriend and he's like, I don't know if I really want to be in this relationship anymore, but like, let's talk about it again next week. You know, like when you're Mm -hmm. in that state where you're like so in love and your partner is like, I don't know if I can continue in this relationship, but there's no clear breakup for like a little while. That excruciating middle part where you're just crying all the time visceral memories oh my god i'm like i'm like actually having a physical response to just you talking (laughs) talking about this oh my god i i my heart like went out to her i was like i remember being in that state and it's like even like i've had that in every relationship i've ever had like a will we break up yeah period and it's horrific and then for it to end with a group breakup like this, I mean, it's just brutal. Yeah, so, haven't had that experience, so yeah, that sounds at real least bad. there's that. So at this point, yes, we are in studio, and Rachel is obviously crying, but she says, you know, the hardest part is watching it back, knowing how in love I was with him and how I didn't know what was going on behind the scenes and just watching myself get blindsided. She basically keeps being like, these Tears have nothing to do with still having feelings for Clayton. It's just watching myself in so much pain. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm crying watching you and I have no feelings for Clayton whatsoever. So that actually tracks. I love how Rachel was just like, to be clear, not about him. Yeah, just like, I feel nothing. It was great. She was like, I've had time to process. And I, in fact, do have some anger now. Yeah. Uh, She, like Gabby approaches this as a team she's like seeing the respect to me and to gabby that he couldn't even break up with us separately was really hard and you know i continued after that rose ceremony because he'd never given me a reason to believe it wasn't her um at the end and she says i feel like i was robbed of the opportunity to stand up for myself 
with all the information that was withheld from me because I was begging him not to put me in the car. And like, that must be kind of hard to watch back and be like, I'm the one who isn't, isn't giving him a piece of my mind. Like I'm the one who's like, are you sure? Like it was so relatable because I, I am not a person who has the wherewithal to really do that in, in the moment. Like, and so it, to me, it made so much sense. Like in that moment, you're overwhelmed by the feeling of heartbreak. You, you're you trying to negotiate. You're trying to not be in the situation that you're in. And then you have some space from it. And you're like, wait, that was fucked up. And now now I've had the space and time to think about this. And I know what I want to say to you. Yeah. And I think it's um, wild looking back how much I misread Rachel and Clayton's dynamics. Same. I really thought that he was completely swept off his feet by her and that she was maybe – equally into him but maybe just very good at being seductive in a way that he was responding to and now like like looking at her emotions throughout the end i'm like she was really really in it and deeply in it and he was he like it's hard we're going to talk about clayton's emotional range but it's limited um, it's limited (laughs) so yeah she she sort of expresses how She fought to the end for someone she thought she loved, and Jesse asks if she's still in love, and she says, I don't have feelings for him anymore. Watching him completely disrespect Gabby and I since the beginning of Iceland, I don't feel like it's possible for me to watch that back and feel like someone who could act like that truly loved me. Again, just cuts to the core. And this is when Jesse asks Rachel if she's ready to talk to Clayton, and she's like, well, I don't really feel like he deserves to talk to me, but like... I do deserve the space to stand up for myself. So sure, I know how this works. Bring him on out. Yeah, so Clayton sits with her and Rachel has like prepared. Yeah. <laughs> and no no shade to her. Like that it's like a really uh understandable thing to do. You know you're gonna be on live TV and you're like, I have about a two minute window. So I better like oh, get yeah. ready to say you what have I to pre- say. We've been knocking Clayton yeah. all for not preparing season for not preparing, and I think what this uh, special really revealed is that he does prepare, but not well, not enough, and so his scripts are always completely inadequate to the occasion. And what Rachel and Gabby come prepared with is top shelf stuff. So Rachel says, none of these emotions are for you or about you. It has nothing to do with lingering feelings because I became collateral damage in your journey for love. That was the most completely selfish journey. I feel like watching that back, there was no empathy for me or Gabby. You not shedding a single tear and watching myself. I just can't even imagine how you can do that. And I think it's just so disrespectful. Oh, wow. And Clayton's like, well, I am incredibly sorry for how I handled things. I could have done things way better than I did, uh, but I wasn't trying to hurt anybody. I should have just, like, asked questions instead of making assumptions. And I made so many assumptions. Same script. Same script. Again, Clayton, like, the assumptions weren't the problem. The problem was your lack of emotional range, which you are now exposing again. Well, that's the thing. Now now he's responding to Gabby, right? He's like, you're right. Right. I did assume what you needed. He's like, I did assume. But what Rachel is talking. This is Rachel. Right. This is Rachel. And now Rachel is talking about how she needed to see his emotional investment in their relationship during that breakup. And he's like, I'm sorry for the assumptions that I made. (laughs) Like, you're still apologizing to the thing that Gabby just explicitly instructed you to apologize to her for. 
and you're repurposing it for Rachel, oh, who is God. asking for something different. <clears throat> oh, God. And and Rachel says, like, I just don't believe you. The fact that this is the first time I'm hearing any sort of apology on camera. Like, we watched back what you said. You said you wanted to give us transparency, but you left out the most important things that you already knew who you loved the most. Like, she's like, what were you thinking? Like, we were always going to, to see that. And so I don't believe you were in love with me. I don't really know what your version of love is. All I know is that, like, I know I loved you and you completely disrespected me not even as someone you love as a human the rose ceremony and then a group breakup yeah she's like i kept thinking about what went wrong and i feel like you just cast us aside as quickly as you could to get through to the person you love the most well not honestly as quickly as as he should well that's the thing he's like (laughs) the, the period of time in which he did it was very quick but he definitely should have done it much faster in the sense of two days earlier right like that's the thing it's like he didn't even wait to get to the person that he really loved the most he just put them off he was like i'll pencil them in for friday and gabby and i are gonna talk first and then i'm gonna have some journaling time i i can't okay so Jesse then throws to Tony, who uh, is like, I have plenty of things I want to say, but I'm not going to say them because my wife told me not to say anything unless it was nice. And she's like, no, I didn't. I wouldn't say that because I don't have anything nice to say either. I feel like they did this as a little skit. And then everyone was like, uh, and she was like, I'm mad also. (laughs) And Jesse's like, okay. Um, And Clayton's like, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, I hurt Rachel learning to be a better person. I'm sorry that as I learned, she was collateral damage. See, he's finally roping in things from Rachel. (laughs) And Rachel tells Clayton as her final words, you told me I was the first person you said I love you to in six years. I had no reason to ever doubt you. Did you tell me you loved me so you could sleep with me? And Clayton says, no. And she says, so why did you tell me that? And he says, because I really did feel those feelings. We're getting nowhere here, buddy. No. But, I but mean, this, I, is, this is the one time that I did. Like, I, I actually do believe him when he says he didn't, like, come prepared to say I love you in order to extract sex. Like, I don't, I don't even think he, like, has it in him to be that calculated because he can't think the one moment ahead no you're right the thought just like literally entered his mind and he just said it and i think that what rachel i mean i'm sure that this has haunted rachel to some extent and she wanted to ask which is completely fair but i also think she just wanted to ask about the weird way that he told like all of the women that with them he was feeling love for the first time in six years and we talked about this when it when fantasy suits aired that he was inevitably and he should have really understood this implying to each of them that it was solely them that he was having those feelings with for the first time in six years like sure rachel's fantasy suite happened to be first so she was the person that he said i love you to for the first time in six years but like when you tell her that she's not hearing like oh well because my date was first She's yeah, like, that's like, really oh, be- meaningful. She's like, as of tomorrow, uh, <laughs> there will be a second. But right. like- <laughs> it's like she's not hearing that. She what what you're implying to her is that it means a lot. That you he don't give those words out lightly. And that is the really, opposite of what's going oh, on. Oh, God, okay. Clayton. On that note, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're going back to Iceland. 
yet again. Here we go. Can you keep up? I like love it. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm-hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible, like, neoprene weekender bag, and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine. If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with, this is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself a quiz, and good wine. I mean, everyone's winning here. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. And we're back. And Iceland is the new Ireland. We're never leaving Iceland. (laughs) We're never leaving Iceland. And Jesse's like, Clayton is about to throw the biggest Hail Mary in Bachelor history. <laughs> Clayton's season is such a case study and why it is deeply bad that the NFL is such a close analog for The Bachelor because we really do see him treating this like it is a football team that is 
going to the Super Bowl and it is not healthy for anyone. But sure, let's throw a fucking Hail Mary. We're back in Iceland. Clayton's in a turtleneck again. So much has happened. He's screwed up. But he says, quote, I still have Susie here. I don't know where she's at. I haven't talked to her in a couple days. I I don't even. So, but so you you do still have Susie. You don't know where she is, and you're not speaking to her. But she's she's floating around. She's still like there. He finally puts on a white shirt for the occasion. He's like, I want to make a lifelong commitment. I want to wake up every day and choose her. He's like, I know this is a long shot. People are gonna think I'm crazy, but I take this relationship very seriously. And he does open a box to reveal a giant three stone ring i don't which, hate the ring considering yeah that do it's not clearly hate the a ring. Lane. um and he says there's hope here in this ring is there this is like an alternative version of the hobbit and like this i ring, know it was really my precious <laughs> this ring has the power to save us all uh, then we see Jesse knocking on Susie's door and hands her a letter from Clayton. <laughs> Which is truly like, just, like, written on a piece of college-ruled paper. Like, he tore it out of his AP Lit notebook. It's hysterical. He's like, this is the most important letter I will ever write. And I have this spiral There is no stationery <laughs> available in Iceland, Claire. Support a Susie small reads- local stationer. Support local businesses. Uh, Susie reads out loud and she just like Susie looks so somber throughout the entire (laughs) rest of her time in Iceland the note says Susie I think it's safe to say that this journey has been one that has tested each of us in our own ways Clay oh my god he's like is there something that's safe to say in this climate can a man (laughs) say one thing sorry go on in a matter of a couple months we have traveled across the world not knowing what was around each corner doing so challenged our love beyond what we imagined but it was in these moments i learned the most susie i'm incredibly sorry for hurting you and not being the man you thought i was especially in the moment you needed me the most but if you give me the chance i will fight for your love to prove to you that i can be that man because without you i am nothing and with you i have everything no pressure that is not not (laughs) healthy that's not that's very bad okay yeah, I was like, I think you have to have some things by yourself and not yeah. depend. Uh, solely I come on her, to you, but... a man with nothing, hoping to take all of my value from my association with you. Proceed. Uh, I want to respect the time that you need to take to figure out the decision, but if you'd be willing to meet meet me, I'll be patiently awaiting you in the countryside. In the countryside, we're in an Austin novel now. He's going to take a rest cure in the countryside. <laughs> Also, he's like, he's so he's getting his tux on or whatever, his suit, and he's waiting in a lodge with the final rose on the pedestal. So, like, how patiently can he be waiting? Right? Like, he's he's not going to be standing there for four days. Like, he's there for an afternoon tops. So, it seems a little misleading to be like, I will be patiently awaiting you in the countryside. Like, he's gone away for a few months to rest and reflect and chop wood when in fact he's just going to be there for like a tight 18 hours <laughs> seeing oh if she'll God. show up to the rose ceremony whatever he's he's waiting her with the ring in his pocket waiting for Susie to come and give him his answer she rolls up in a white fur and beaded gown 
She said on Nick's podcast that this was the outfit that she had selected for a potential engagement a couple days earlier. It does look and very bridal. Yeah. Um, and Clayton's like, you look beautiful. She's like, you look handsome. Clayton thanks her for coming, and she she nods somberly. It's just crazy to see the difference in energy from Susie compared to Gabby and Rachel, who I think we've thought of them almost in a group of, like, all these final three who went through this crazy blow-up. And Susie's experience of it has been so different. Like, Gabby and Rachel would not be showing up now and being like, oh, well, you look handsome. Like, let's talk it through. (laughs) Because Susie, despite the fact that she was really hurt in that exchange, she, unlike Gabby and Rachel, was able to feel a sense of control. Like, she a sense of agency. She wasn't Mm -hmm. just, like, taken along for a ride, even though it was, like, obviously traumatic in its own ways. Like, yeah. She was able to make decisions. And even and the, the in control this moment, she sense, is. Yeah. Even the sense of control that comes from being like, I made a decision. Right. That caused a problem. And maybe I can learn how to handle a situation differently in the future to avoid that problem. And not like the way that Gabby and Rachel were left in this position of being like, I genuinely don't know how I could have done anything differently. And yet I was discarded like a bag of garbage. Mm-hmm. It is so disempowering. And I think Susie was able to have that time to reflect and be like, all right, going forward, maybe I do this, maybe I do that. We talk and like, we're all, you know, going to do better in the future. Exactly. Um, and Clayton, of course, has to give his little speech first because we know the question is whether or not she's going to, to say yes to him. And he says, like, we've, we have went through a wild journey. Oh God. And from the moment (laughs) you stepped out, I was incredibly blown away. And over time, I started to see sides of you that I realized were beyond anything I could have imagined. What are those sides, Clayton? What are they? The adventurous sides. The once-in-a-lifetime woman side. (laughs) The once-in-a-lifetime sides. The princess sides. um, The side where she has a a sort of secret test for him about sex that he doesn't know about. He's seeing all the sides, you know. He says, it's just you and me. I don't want anything else. I want you to know I'm so fully committed to showing you how much I love you and how I will never stop fighting for you. I know I can't take back what I've done, but I take full accountability for it. And he says, if you've ever questioned how serious I am, I'm this serious. It's like a threat. He's like, here's a ring box. (laughs) (laughs) He like waggles it at her. Like, watch out. The ring is coming for you. She did say also on Nick's pod that um, he didn't ever have any intention of proposing to her in that moment. Like, it sounds like the show was like, you gotta gotta have a ring, Um, which would not be surprising to me. Really reminds me of the Juan Pablo situation where he told Nikki, like, I've got a ring here in this pocket, but I'm not going to give it to you. Like, what does the show think it's gaining from doing that aside from making the lead look like a withholding dick? I like, know. Like, to just be it's like, so bad. the ring is here, but I specifically just don't want you to have it. Oh, God. Better to not introduce yeah. it. Uh, I think anyway. Susie was quite relieved he he didn't try to give it to her. Um, and he's like, I want to go through all the stages of life with you if you'll give me one more step one more day I can be that man if you'll give me a chance and Susie is just like oh god she's gearing up (laughs) 
She says, yeah, getting your letter, reading your words and hearing you now, your words are so powerful and I truly believe every one of them. You are this incredible person I've seen this whole time. I still believe it. I know it to be true. There's no doubt about our connection. The love I have for you is real and I know that you have it too, but I don't feel like the kind of love I have for you right now is the kind of love you have for me right now. You have the unconditional love of wanting to spend a lifetime, and that's just not where I'm at. I have made the decision to leave Iceland alone, and that's not an easy decision. It's devastating, to be honest. I've thought this through, and I don't think I'm your person, and I don't think you're mine, but it doesn't take away everything we've had and the love I've had for you in my heart. And that is a first in Bachelor history. Yeah, I never have we. No, seen like we have seen. We have seen um, the lead not choose anyone, but we have never seen the person at the who makes it to the end reject the lead. Yeah, everything that people on this show always talk about being afraid of that has sounded stupid because it's never come to pass before. Like. The lead be like, what if I end up at the end with no one? Um, or the the various contestants being like, oh, what if he said he's in love with me, but, you know, he's in love with all of us. You know, all of those things, like... They all happen. That usually... They all happened. The show is just like, we got to push it one step further. It caused more harm. And... He asked her if there could ever be a chance for something or if it's over. He's like, I see forever, but I'll take as long as you need to get there. It's not over until you tell me it is. And Susie says, I feel like it's over. And Clayton nods He's and like, says, okay. okay. I mean, go- at- yes, that was just accepted, Clayton. I was. <laughs> they like reset this whole thing so that he could come prepared to have an appropriate reaction to her breaking up with him. And this time... For once, he handles an interaction with grace appropriately, yeah. and I, I do get the sense that he he was prepared that it really could go this way. Yeah, and I, it's just to me watching how much Susie still has her good opinion of him compared to what he did with yeah. Gabby and Rachel. It's so made different. Me it's so different, I, like because I think that Rachel and Gabby both had a lot of grace for him too. After they each were like, "You get yeah. one fuck up, like you really fucked up with me, but you apologize, whatever." We're putting in the past, we're moving forward, and then he's not fucking up again with Susie yet. <laughs> like he's like, "This time, I really am going to do it right." And with Rachel and Gabby, like two days later, he was like, "Psych, I'm doing it again in the same way. I've learned nothing." So Susie is the only one left who still is basically like, I believe you're a a great person and I have love for you and I'm just sorry that we're not each other's person. So they embrace. He puts her in the car and says, I wish nothing but the best for you. Susie like heaves a sigh of relief as she gets in the car. (laughs) Like this is finally over. I'm going home. And Clayton watches as she drives away in the rain. And Jesse. Back to the studio. Jesse again, that gleeful energy. For the first time in history, our bachelor was rejected on the final day, and he ends up alone. Long pause. And then he like raises one eyebrow. Or 
does he? Oh, he is just the cat who ate the canary, this Jesse. He's having the time of his fucking life. And after an ad break, to make us really wait for it, Jesse says that only one person in the world, I'm sorry, he says only one person on the world knows how this is going to end. And it's Clayton who is sitting there looking miserable. Clayton's apparent misery throughout this, I think, we read as like he's alone. I really thought but he I was think, coming out of this yeah. alone. Because we've seen leads go through some hell with backlash. And if they're still with the person they ended up with, they usually have a certain amount of like, ha- like that they're like, oh yeah, I'm happy now. And like, you know, it was worth it. And like, they can smile and talk about it. But Clayton's really been getting pummeled. And it's clear that they didn't even want to tease that he was happy because they wanted it to have this big twist here. It it was effective for me. (laughs) Yeah. He says, it's been five years of emotional growth packed into two months, to which I can only say I I hope so. I really hope so. And Jesse asks him if he felt like he failed after Susie left. And he's like, yeah. Um, And then I realized, you know, I came in by myself. I'm leaving, leaving by myself. From dust I came and from dust to dust I shall return, and maybe that's what needed to happen. And Jesse says, but the truth is, things didn't end there, did they? What? There's more. Clayton says, no, I left Iceland and I went back to what I thought was my normal life, and I was reached out to by someone, the last person I ever expected to reach out. I was absolutely shocked that maybe there was something that came from all of this. And at that moment, I was like, is it just another random woman from the season? <laughs> right. So they always do this thing where they're like, it was the last person I ever expected. And I'm like, is it the last person you ever, is it like Shanae? Yeah, I was so worried. Is it Kira? I was so worried. I was so worried is it was it Gabby? I was thinking of all the people who I would least expect to reach out to him. And I was like, definitely Gabby, who seemed like she never wanted to see him again when she left. Shanae, some random person like Kira that we didn't see connection with at all. But instead, it's always just the most obvious person, like the number one guess you would have of who he's with at this point, because we see her feet first in her gold stilettos, and what do you know? It's Susie. Of course it's Susie, the and yet one I did, woman that I he was in love scream. with that he left on good terms with. Of course I left. I Of course I screamed, but that's partly because he really got in I my know. head with the whole, like, it was the last person I would have expected. <laughs> Oh, God. Like, if it had been Kira or Shanae, I would have been much more Sam, surprised. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't. Um, Je- Jesse, no, Jesse's too. like, after all the crap you put these women through, did you expect any of them to reach out? And Clayton's like, definitely not. I did not. <laughs> um, and Jesse, when Susie comes out, Jesse's like, what are you doing here? And Su- Susie's just so charming. She really is like the best. Like, Clayton's so lucky because her shine is so infectious. Like, she is so articulate and lovely and compassionate. And, like, it's sort of like, oh, well, if she's likes this guy, then, like, maybe he's not – maybe there are better sides to him. I mean, (laughs) and this is also what what straight men desperately need romantic relationships for is, like, someone to do – the work of emotionally relating for them that like he's never known how to handle his 
romantic relationships appropriately with an appropriate emotional register. He's never really known how to talk about them in a way that sounds like he understands how they work. And so now he just has Susie to delegate that to. And Susie can talk about what happened between them in a way that makes it sound reasonably healthy and normal and like something you can get on board with. And Clayton just has to sit there with his hand on her leg and be like, yep, we really are doing it. Thank you for that. Yeah. Like she's just like, oh, I had to leave Iceland and it was to protect myself was the best decision I could have made. And you're like, yeah, of course, totally. And then she's like, we took time apart, reset. We were able to come back together and lay a new foundation. And I'm like, yeah, no, sh- totally. You have to yeah, start. Yeah, I was like, that makes sense. Okay. Like <laughs> She's uh, like selling me on Clayton being in a romantic relationship. And it's like, yes, Clayton is not qualified to to sell his own relationship. I know. Whatsoever. This is how I felt also listen, listening to Susie's interview. It's like she's with Nick because she is so – she's very – critical of Clayton but in this like loving way that makes you feel like they've talked about this shit like they there are things that they have worked on together and while I don't think that anyone is like entitled to a happy ending on this show or outside of it no one's entitled to have someone come back to them or want to be with them but if they are both happy then I do think that there is there is space for people to grow and learn, especially within the context of of a healthy relationship. And I do hope that, you know, that that's happening. I, I do too. And so um, she talks a little bit about how they were able to reestablish trust in their relationship and how she had to give him time to sort of sort things out for himself and, and for her to do so as well. And... Then Jesse at ad break teases, like, we'll be our next Bachelorette. This sucked. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm being too harsh. He's like, who will be our next Bachelorette? Here's a hint. It's not Gabby or Rachel. And Emma, you called this, that it would actually be both of them. But the way he said it actually doesn't comport with that. No. Like, he didn't say it's not Gabby or Rachel. He said it's not Gabby, period. Or Rachel, Yeah, no, that's, it was not, I was just confused by it because I didn't, believe that there was a chance that they would like these are two people who are so set up for a really great bachelorette arc and no yeah but but i got caught up in the grammar delivered it i got caught up in the delivery and the grammar and you were paying attention to the real dynamics um so after break we do have to wait a little longer for that announcement and jesse is like Susie, are you in love with clayton and she's like i love ya no, I do. I was like, she still feels a little weird about saying she loves him in public. She's like, no, she? I, she's I, doing do, I do love you. <laughs> no, I do. Um, and she says, you know, we both made mistakes along the way, but we do have so much love for each other. And she says they are expecting a lot of backlash. I thought this was really interesting. Like, she, she's, again, she's a very self-aware person. So she's like, yeah, we expect mm-hmm. backlash. I know things were controversial. Like, there are things we weren't on the same page about and like we know that people aren't rooting for us but like we're 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 a yeah. team now and we'd like people to see that it is interesting to talk about it that way because they are public figures and if you come out of the show in a relationship that can be really good for your public images 
but not if it's a couple that everyone doesn't want yeah, to Susie's exist. Susie's actually our, like being like sort of uh, degrading her like personal brand by being with Clayton. Right. Our our old uh, our old buddy producer Harry was like being a little like oh, I don't know maybe she just felt like she needed more Instagram followers than she got and I was like honestly this wouldn't be an effective way to do it I was thinking it. about this this no because she would actually come out of this finale having said no to Clayton triumphant I think she would have had a lot of people on her team and this actually makes it more complex yeah. that people are going to be like do I support Susie if she supports Clayton, it's a risk for her brand wise. And and she's actually like just like saying that here. She's like, people might be team Susie, but I kind of hope they can still buy, you know, tooth whitener for me if it's Susie and Clayton as well. Please, 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 please. Um, I thought that was that was interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh I also <laughs> Jesse keeps trying to bring up like Neil Lane's here, and you can just tell that Susie's like, we're not doing this. Like, yeah. Also, is is like Neil Lane's here? Are you going to get engaged? And I'm like, like why would Neil Lane need to be here for them also to just get like, engaged? Jesse, fuck off. Like, let the, like I'm sorry. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. But Clayton does say like, oh, I'm moving to Virginia. I quit my job. I sold my condo. I'm moving to Susie to give this a real shot. I enjoyed that. Like. Always love when a man uproots his life for a, a woman on this franchise. Um, and before they leave, the one thing Clayton does do is get a, a rose. I, I laughed so hard at this because Clayton got up and, like, Jesse's trying to do his little, like, uh, and Susie's like, it's not a ring. Yeah, she's like, listen. She's we like, we are actually this. on the same page and we're just, like, simply not trying to get engaged right now. So, yeah, she's like, we're just doing a cute little thing right now. It's fine. And so he does offer her the final rose. They always have to give out the final rose, no matter what happens on the season. And then it's time for the Bachelorette announcement. The, the real Jessie. main event of the night, frankly. I was so oh, excited. Yes. And he, again, is like, I've already told you it's not Gabby. And it's also not Rachel. It's Gabby and Rachel. And again, I'm like, this is even more incorrect you can't say it's not gabby and it's also not rachel it's both of them that would mean jesse is not it is gabby and it also is rachel whatever we see them popping up in the crowd laughing embracing they walk up with their arms around this response they're like sheer delight and excitement and like shock It it was just like the cutest thing i've ever seen I, d- I think I'm going to struggle to root for any relationship either of them finds on the show as much as I am rooting for their friendship to just Oh, no, that's be And And I saw, understandably, a lot of people expressing a lot of concern, especially because what we did see with... I was one Yeah, of them. with the structure of the Caitlyn and Britt season, where it was, like, the men now get the power to, like, vote for which lady they want to date. Mm. Like... This show has a tendency to pit women against each other, and it's fucked. Um, But we have seen this done successfully in New Zealand, for example, and on shows like FBoy Island, where, like... Yes. Where it is possible for two women to be co-leads, even, like, share dating some guys, and just sort of... They're, like... 
because most people don't have exactly the same tastes, I do think it is. Although they did both want to marry did, the same person. Although they only had one choice, though. Like, we don't actually know. That's true. We don't actually know <laughs> what what it will be like when they have, like, 35 yeah. options. I just hope it's done very carefully because it would make me sad if this turned into a love triangle or something. I know. I really, really, really they, they hope that they better. don't do that, which I did say to Rob Mills. <laughs> I was like, as yeah. long as they're not pitted against each other. And from the sense that I'm getting is that like that that isn't what they're going into this hoping. I think they also like know that the audience would react really poorly to that. So I hope they really take yeah. that on board. Um, One thing I would love to bring in from F-Boy Island, uh, I haven't seen the New Zealand Bachelorette, but the one thing I would love to bring in from F-Boy Island is just the time we get to see all of the the female leads together, just like doing girl chat and supporting each other and like negotiating a little bit like, oh, we both were into this guy, but like. I'll take the back seat because it seems like you're, you're really, really into it. More. Yeah, and I, I'm yeah. hoping that's kind of the vibe that we're going to get. And like the other thing that I was thinking about is that in some ways, like what a joy and a gift it would be. Like it, being the lead of this show is so fucking isolating. And the only support that you really have is from producers. And so I think it's very easy to get in your head and feel very suspicious of everyone's motives. And so I do think that having a friend there who you can kind of bounce your feelings off of and you know that they are invested in you in a way that is not solely tied to like producing great television could be really mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah, I think I I desperately – want to see more of them together so i'm a sucker Uh, the show just caused a massive amount of human wreckage on purpose this season and by the end i'm still like boy i hope everyone is happy in their new roles as bachelorette (laughs) and or the final i know i'm like what's wrong with me i'm just here's the thing (laughs) i think that i just like really hate to see people suffer and i just want everyone to feel like they got something out of this shit show and I hope they all do. And I hope they all are okay. Like, I just, I'm a sucker. I want them all to be happy. Yeah. And I was no, so, I was just totally. like so desperately relieved to yeah. see everyone seeming and happy. I, I loved watching how happy they were. I have the sense that they did not know that it was going to be a joint They season. didn't because they were asking, like, they were like, are we going to be dating the same guys? How is this going to work? Yeah. And Jesse was like, I don't know. I was like, did anyone think this through? But like, okay, I'm sure you'll figure it out. This happened quickly. I think what's, I think that's also part of why they said that The Bachelorette is not returning in at the end of May. Like it usually does. It's returning yeah. in mid-July, July 11th. Long And hiatus, so I think but- that likely mm-hmm. means that maybe like they're casting more people for maybe they want a wider pool or they, they're going to have to have a bigger crew. They're going to have to figure out how it's going to work because they haven't done this before. Um, and so I hope that that extra time yeah. does mean that they're treating it with, with extra care. Yeah. I hope so, too. I loved how they both were reacted with such excitement. I have to imagine they both knew that they were probably going to be announced as Bachelorette. And so they were banking on them both just being really excited by the yeah. surprise. And they, they were. were. like they, Rachel's like, I'm so happy for her. And Gabby is like, this is the best thing I could ask Gabby's for. Gabby's like, I'm a girl's and- girl. So having a friend by my side is the best thing I could ask for. And I was like, I love Gabby. I relate to her so deeply. 
I too would just be like, oh my God, I get to have a friend to do this with. <laughs> it was very sweet. And uh, they uh, Jesse asked Tony for his thoughts and and his words of advice for the suitors. And he says, be good, I'm watching. And I was like, Tony, this is toothless. Clayton is walking <laughs> around completely unmaimed. Like, what are you going to do to them? Glower? Come on. Like, <laughs> oh, God, Jesse also asks the two of them if they think they could fall in love with two men. And Gabby is like, sure, I, I think that that's possible. But I would have more discretion with my words. Yeah. Everything that they say they want in a man is clearly just like a subtweet of Clayton. Rachel's like, I want someone who loves me. And Gabby's like, someone emotionally intelligent and mature. <laughs> oh. uh, but they're ready. I think they're they're gonna have a really fun season and despite myself i'm sucked right back in with that jesse announces that he will be hosting their season Uh, the 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 one disappointment and and everyone kisses and cries it's the end goodbye to another season of the bachelor we did it y'all I think it's time for a love to see it, hate to see it. And this week, so that we can end on a happy note because we have had not enough joy, we're going to start with hate to see it. First of all, we hate to see that goddamn group breakup. I don't think we need to go into it anymore. We've said all our feelings, but we freaking hated it. Also hated to see Rachel's absolutely gutting sobs during that breakup. It's really hard to to see how much pain she's in. We hated to see Clayton's general complete emotional constipation and like total inability to match any of these women in the emotional register that they were operating on. Oh, the way that Clayton doesn't seem to learn in that way, it's very frustrating. But it does also make me think that because he doesn't have a stronger reaction with Susie either, that maybe he just literally can't. (laughs) Maybe he just can't. It's not great. Uh, We also hate to see Clayton just repeating his bad lines, his insufficient scripts, even during After the Final Rose with Gabby and Rachel. Still hasn't really learned to have a responsive conversation with them. My guy. And finally, we hate to see all of us being, I guess, permanently stuck with Jesse Palmer and his sideline commentary. It's starting to look that way. But let's end on a happier note with love to see it. There was actually a lot to love. Yeah. Uh, Loved to see Gabby and Rachel's just iconic reaction faces during the breakup. Just the ick that is visible on their faces when they realize what Clayton is doing to them. There are going to be so many incredible memes that come out of the end of this season. We also love to see Gabby and Rachel both standing in their power and expressing exactly how and why Clayton hurt them, both in the moment, at least for Gabby, and then at after the final rose. Like, their communication skills are just so unparalleled, and I am so impressed. Loved also, actually, to see Clayton and Susie having work things out and being happy together uh he's not entitled to a happy ending i also would have been really happy to see Susie happy and fulfilled without him and clayton left to sit (laughs) with how things unfolded 
But if they are happy and if they have worked through things together, then we're happy. If they came to this outside of the show and not feeling pressure to give people a happy ending and we're just following their heart, then we're happy. Also, side note, love that he is moving to her because, yeah. (laughs) And we love to see Grandpa John just like weeping with pride at his granddaughter, Gabby. Oh, I'm obsessed with Grandpa John. I really hope we get more Grandpa John on The Bachelorette. Oh, I'm sure we will. They're, like, building him up in the universe to be, like, such a character. Uh, Finally, we love to see two bachelorettes who really love and support each other and came to this beautiful friendship through the horrific pain that this show put them through. And we do love their friendship, and we love that we'll get to see more of it in the future. We are forever here to make friends. And now we got to get to tailgate energy, our last ever tailgate energy out of 10 Bud Lights. Zero. We are all time low. All time low. Yeah. I got, this was the most chastened I have ever seen Clayton. He is, uh, he is not feeling the enthusiasm. He's not giving a pep talk. He is just completely deflated in this episode i couldn't think of an even a single moment that felt like it had tailgate energy no 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 no. the tailgate energy has been sucked out of him and i think in this situation it was it was appropriate and on that note that's it for love to see it with emma and claire we have reached the end of another traumatic and beautiful i guess season of the bachelor love to see it is produced by us claire fallon and emma gray and stitcher this episode was edited by tamika weatherspoon our theme music is by tamar haviv and our art is by celine chang josephine martirana is our executive producer if you like our show please rate us five stars follow us leave a review and of course help us spread the word about love to see it especially to any of your friends who used to listen to us as here to make friends if you want to get in touch, you can email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. You can also find us on Twitter at Love to See It Pod on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at clareandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. Stitcher.